poop poop pee pee. I'm so ready to talk about all the bad covers. Dude, I work's been crazy. I didn't have a chance to rewatch, so I watched it literally after we last recorded. Well, and drinking more beer. Uh, Let's go. It's... I remember all the important shit. I remember all the important shit, but I am flying a little blind onto all the covers. Like, I remember uh, CCR... Uh, and I remembered the zombies, but I don't remember the, the other bad covers. Whatever. Uh, the zombies should have done zombie. The cranberries should have done a different song. That's fair. Uh, there's also the Richard Cheese. Oh, yeah, the Richard Cheese. And there's cheese. a Doors cover. There is a Doors the cover of the end. Like, oh, yeah. oh, God, dude. And that would hurt me. That would hurt me. <laughs> At that point, like... I liked it better than the original, honestly. It's, I, you know. Jay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, welcome to the Vulgarateurs, where we examine the filmographies of genre filmmakers. We are currently at the end of our series on the films of Zack Snyder with his most recent film. This week's episode is 2021's Army of the Dead. I'm Paco. I'm Jason. And I'm Perry. Alright, so I like to think of this as the second entry in the Roadhead cinematic universe. It's basically this mm. and thinner, uh, as far as I can remember. Just, well, the world according to Garp has a, a pretty famous one. What about the, that? Don't remember the know scene what that in is. Uh, Scary Movie at the beginning? Where where they run over Drew or uh, where they run over Carmen Electra and it's like her parents and her and her, oh. the mom's giving the dad head in the car. I do not I guess remember that. that. Is death by head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or death via head. Yeah, like well, dad's getting well, head I mean, and he think... runs over his daughter when she's being chased by Ghostface or whatever. I thought Carmen Electra was the one who got stabbed and her breast implant came out. Yeah, she gets murdered later in that same scene. I think. Oh, like there was still one implant left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think I've seen the first scary movie. I think I've only seen the second one. You're not missing anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's really, you've already really seen it. (laughs) I mean, honestly, if I had to pick, I would say the first one is probably the one that is like the most, uh, like kind of not shit, but that's, it's still shit. It's just less shitty than the other, like four. Well, which is the one with the cold open with uh, James Woods and it's The Exorcist? That's scary movie. Like, that's two. That's got to be two, one? right? No, is I think that, that's two. He's like, he's literally. I don't remember. Like, it's, he it's where no, he's, he's the, yeah. 
yeah, the, the 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 demon is like doing the tongue at him, and then James Wood starts trying to fuck the like demon, and then and then they start vomiting all over each other, and James Wood throws up on the demon. Like, dude, it's out of control. But also, okay. if we I, consider I that this is that, a little dude. girl who's possessed by a demon, James Woods is a pedo allegedly. So I mean, this kind of fits. Yeah, I think I remember that, but I saw the second one in like eighth grade. Like, there's a scene where cum gets everywhere, and I wasn't That's quite sure one. if it was supposed to be cum. No, it's like they're in a room, and he explodes so much cum it splatters all the walls. And she hits uh, the ceiling. That's the first one, homie. No, that's the second. That's definitely Is the David first one. David Cross. No, it's David Arquette. David Arquette is in Scream, I thought. Fuck. Okay, well, obviously I watched this in middle school and it's all bleeding together. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, sorry. Army of the Dead. (laughs) Yeah, so this is another film about the dangers of Roadhead. Uh, I'd say it's better than Scary Movie if that's the one I watched. Uh, I would say... Thinner is a more unique experience, but there's a lot to Army of the Dead that I enjoyed just going out there and saying it. Like, But before we go further, what's the thinner roadhead part? Like, I don't remember there being death by... Dude, that's the whole point of the movie. He's getting blown and... Uh, kills the... Kills the old Roma lady. and But then... As she's dying, she goes... Thinner, and then he starts yeah. getting thinner, and he, you know, can't stop losing weight. God, that movie's so fucking dumb. Man, I I remembered I remembered something else in like the woman cursing him in a different way as she's being like pulled away. Like I didn't realize. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm totally no. It's confused. or Either maybe way. it's the old woman dies, but it's the younger woman who curses him. Uh, I mean, either way, I think the danger of Roadhead is apparent. It's very clear. We should also do a separate podcast about Roadhead movies. Because it's like, yeah, Parenthood with Steve Martin uh, and Mary Steenenburgen. All I'm saying is the funny part about the Roadhead and and Army is like, so (laughs) on the one hand, it's like, okay, this dude just got married and his wife's good in Roadhead. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is great. And you're like, cool, whatever. Okay, you're just married. Fine. But... In a way, because the the dumb conspiracy theory uh, troops are too busy jacking off about what they're carrying in their in their cargo, they don't mm-hmm. see that the guys getting the roadhead swerved into their lane. So like, like either conspiracy theories and roadhead are equally dangerous, or uh, like you know what I'm saying? Like, well, maybe it's the fact that their whole truck that's supposed to be military issue crumbles like aluminum explodes, and explodes yeah. when it runs into an old at a Monte Carlo. I have important uh, news to bring to this discussion. I was you trying to find officially. I was trying to find a list of movies with Roadhead, um, and instead I found out there's a movie named Roadhead. That uh, does not surprise me at all. It is available to watch on Tubi. <laughs> oh, to be always going with the hits, I love it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Paco, dude, why are you that, rubbing your palms together and laughing maniacally off mic? <laughs> that movie I shot and am in as an actor in a scene is on Tubi, uh, which is hilarious to me. It used really? to be on Hulu. Yeah, um, that's funny. 
It's bad. So bad, I will not say the name uh, because I don't want my name associated with it. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody look up Paco's IMDb. Yeah, it's a good thing I don't use my real name on this podcast. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, Anyways. This was the movie that I was most excited about when we announced that we were doing Zack Snyder because it's the high concept, crazy, stupid, dumb thing that I really love. And right off the bat, it doesn't have the Dawn of the Dead approach that felt more like earnest and felt more like a movie but it has this like i I mean the high concept of there's a huge vault in las vegas there's a okay i I have to start over there's a huge zombie outbreak because of this virus that was unleashed from this truck after the roadhead incident Mm -hmm. and then it ends up infecting all of las vegas they close off las vegas so that it's just full of zombies and uh, they're going to nuke it in X amount of days. So, so there's going to be a, a heist. Yeah, it's it's a great high-concept comedy, which is, you know, a heist at a zombie casino. It fucking rules so hard. Uh, I don't think you can theory. really call this a comedy. I think that's really generous. There are moments that are funny, but I don't think it's a comedy. Well, like, the, the entire opening sequence... Did I say uh, high-concept like, comedy? Oh, didn't you? I'm a little buzzed. I'm a little buzzed. I thought you said comedy too. I was like, I didn't think this no. movie was super funny, but I, I'm listening. I'm totally. I am please go used on. to those words going together. Uh, let no, that's me, fair. Let me rephrase that. It's a great high concept movie, not yeah. comedy. <laughs> um, hey, every every movie's a comedy if you think about it. I mean, um, I was laughing at points I don't think Zach intended me to laugh at. I'll just put I mean, it that that's, way. That's fair. Um, well, no, Jay, and I, I think you're right to point out, though, that there's, like, a different kind of uh, sensibility in this film compared to Dawn. Uh, and, and, and one thing that we kind of talked about when we when we talked about Dawn was, I think that, uh, like, Dawn works, and we, we all pretty much liked it. Like, it was pretty unambiguous, but uh, we, we all kind of objected to the fact that Snyder really just understood horror as gore. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think that's better considerably about this film is that Snyder has finally figured out how to create uh, like 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 survival horror kind of tension in a story. And it's not just gore, although there is a lot of gore in this. And it's pretty cool, actually. But, but there's a lot more uh, actual tension in the film that isn't strictly just people exploding. One of the things... Like, I would agree with that, but... <sighs> Not just has he learned in the meantime, I feel like he's taken away from his DC experience an idea that both works and doesn't work, where it's important to deconstruct a genre and present your own thing. Um, I see. And, like, the whole idea of the, like, what are they? Alphas? All the, like, kind of... yeah intelligent zombies and if you get bit by them then you turn into an well alpha. okay but but okay. the implication like behind driving that well but the whole implication behind the alphas is that this is a government program gone awry no it's fucking it's from area 51 it's aliens it's not government program it's uh an alien species that we captured and roadhead unleashed upon las vegas 
Oh, see, well, Roadhead no, but I, that's interesting that, that you read it that way because I read it the other way because of the scene with the, the, the taking of the temperature and the rapist guy. That's like clearly yeah. a reference to lockdowns. And so I took this as like Snyder's uh, tacit well, approval of the lab leak theory. I randomly he said in interviews not to read any Snyder of that. Snyder says these so movies. much fucking <laughs> bullshit in interviews, no. and I don't believe yeah. any of it. Well, He's fucking lying. Well, the the movie the movie's been in development since two thousand seven. Yes, and but it's stalled re- again due to budget issues. But it was it was bought by Netflix in like January twenty nineteen, and they did reshoots they in September. Yeah, but the reshoots were pretty much only for the Tignataro scenes to cut uh, Crystalia out. Like, I, I don't think that well, they he, added in like. A well, but there was only one scene Snyder, with the temperature thing. They they could have shot one scene just like that. It would have been easy. But but it's not that easy if everything else they shot with those sets was at a different time. It's incredibly difficult to uh, replicate shooting at location, and I don't think you do it just to make like a. A snide political comment. Like you can, you can. I gotta get my opinion. But I'm saying, I don't think Netflix is going to pay the extra, you know, seven hundred fifty thousand for it. Uh, And so I think Snyder's a dumb chud, and I think that he's his uh, his right wing bona fides are on display again. Now, what do you mean by that? I don't necessarily know that this movie is right wing. I think this movie is complicated but i mean I think it's pro cryptocurrency it was literally trying to this is the you get cornered at the bar with this person who's talking your ear off about doge or whatever dude this movie it's like what if there was like a zombie apocalypse and there was a bunch of physical money that was located here but if it's in the ether this movie is about people who were failed by a government response to a pandemic uh, and failed afterwards by our capitalistic system. Like, I feel... But in, And you think the first part has nothing to do with our current situation at all? This is just a strange coincidence? I refuse to believe that. I think, I think he's borrowing more from stories from, like, ICE detention centers than he is anything else. Oh. Well, no, he's, I mean, no, he's clearly borrowing off... from those, too, because it's also a refugee camp. No, I get that. But they close off the entire perimeter right as people are trying to exit to, like, escape. And then it's just like, oh, now that we have these walls up and we're safe, then we'll just let them die or whatever the fuck. You know, it's just kind of, like, a I guess kind of interesting statement. I don't know. Yeah, Terry, I don't think it's, like, unreasonable for him to have right-wing views and also... It's not like this stuff started with coronavirus. Like, there was always those kind of conspiracy theories floating around. And I really do think that one case is random coincidence. Like, the temperature check enforcement shit. I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll agree to disagree in this instance. But nonetheless, that still means Snyder has some very questionable views. The politics in this are quite questionable. I, mean, I think it's certainly it's it's certainly a choice when it comes to the uh, the fucking 
rectal the speaking of the rectal thermometer part introduce the introduction of that character kind of ruined my fun like i remember feeling like this momentum of like this is my stupid shit that i'm like well and super then on board for and, and, and then and that character's face this. i feel like is like an overcorrection like it's it's snyder being oh, like it's, see remember no, you guys said i don't like women now i love women because of, i just showed i just showed retribution for a bad person but there's but i there's feel like that goes that goes a lot further back than that. That's like a classic horror trope of like a huge scumbag who ends up. But not getting... when it comes. Not not when it comes to the zombie king. Who it's implied that he's just raping these women to have a baby, but stuff, that are chained up and stuff. It's just kind of like no. Why? Incl- I don't know. I didn't get that implication. It's implied. That's I. How... I assumed that was the roadhead couple. Uh, did you guys not make oh. that assumption? The roadhead couple, the zombie, yeah, king? The, Courtney Love and Danzig. yeah, the zombie king and queen. Um, no, yeah. no, the zombie, the zombie king rolled Man. out of. Uh, it's the same dude. His hair is just longer from the first scene. The guy that bit the, that killed everyone. It's the same okay. guy. But yeah, yeah, I. It wasn't like a rape thing as much as like a. They were making alphas at like a slower rate for a reason I didn't understand, but they don't. That's just... why I, I interpreted it as. Yeah, I don't think it's rape because they definitely build the whole thing as a relationship of like love between him and the queen, like. Well, and... but, but they they love each other, but everyone just indiscriminately murders zombies, and at the end of the day he kills all the good people like so he's he's unambiguously a bad guy yeah but i'm i'm saying i don't think he's raping but i'm saying i'm saying i'm saying a yeah. bad guy can love <laughs> his wife and also rape other people they're not mutually exclusive yeah just yes. i I, got, I just like, just a weird I, why why would that or how would that even work like i definitely got it as like a they had well, been so, together for long enough so that a zombie baby could gestate. Like, I no, didn't sure. think it was... Which, by the way, Zack Snyder's yeah, throwback. obsession with zombie babies. Yeah, right. no Just kidding. want to put that bookmark in. No, but Sorry, so, go so ahead, if, if they're making alphas at a, at a slower rate, why then? Like, what what is the subtext being communicated there if there's not a narrative justification for it? I mean, there is a narrative justification for it. It's lazy, but it's uh, so that the daughter can save, you know, her friend. It's like, it's not earned in the story, but that's definitely the implication. It's like, you know, they've got other shit to do. They've got to go around running the city yeah. and they're only going to do one that's day. That's fair, which I will say, I that was really difficult for me to watch because, like, the same kind of dumb bullshit happens in, like, Dawn where... Where like uh, the girl runs across the street with the, like to save the dog, like it's just mm-hmm. and I get it, it's a movie, it's tension, it's fine, but like it's so hard for me to watch characters do shit that is so fucking dumb, like I can't even handle it. And let's be okay. real, well, it's probably Batista so... just left all those people to die. He doesn't give a fuck. He's an Hang operator. On. They don't care about people. No, but like that's the thing. He's not an operator. He was a dude who fucking got out before and now he's flipping burgers like it's not implied that he was like some crazy well no it is you know it's exactly implied it it, he by necessity though not necessarily by training but by necessity 
Yeah, but I'm saying people who are operators by choice versus people who are operators by necessity have different moral compasses. Like both of them have who, an indifference to human life, though. Not necessarily, because I'm not going to sign they, up to join watched, Blackwater. They watched, that but, guy get, they watched that guy get taken by the zombies in the beginning, though. None of them did anything about it. Yeah, because, like I said, I'm because not going to join. Rapist. I'm not going to join Blackwater, but if I. I'm in a situation where a scumbag is going to get fucked over by zombies and it might save my life. I'm not going to do shit. Like, I feel like there's a different moral judgment there, you know? Like, one is going to Iraq and massacring civilians, and the other is just letting one rapist get killed. Well, but if... The, so, see, and that's why I, this, the politics in the in the like narrative are, are so kind of like mixed on this because okay here's where i'm at with it if if the zombie king and the zombie queen love each other and have a baby and if they possess enough rationality that's what happens to when you love each other murder, well whatever however you want to phrase it i'm just saying <laughs> they, there's a relationship of some sort and they care for each yeah. other somehow jam and meat <laughs> right yeah. uh and, and they have enough rational thought to not uh like immediately eat and murder any human they see provided they follow the rules so like if that is like the the clear like sort of uh, baseline for the narrative for the zombies then then actually the people are the bad guys in this in this story i mean the, the yeah, regular they humans are the they, they invade someone else's territory they murder his wife and his baby and then all of his subjects and then they throw her head well, off of a building so it explodes i mean i don't think that's necessarily untrue like i kind of read it like i felt a lot of empathy for the zombie king and like it was like avatar he's a you know again i read it as he's an alien who crash landed on earth and is like stuck in the situation where assholes locked him up and then you know he made his little kingdom and then they fucked everything over for him uh well and and but my point is, is that like the people are the are the bad like the bad guys yeah. are all the humans, basically. Yeah, which is my point they're... in pointing out that Batista and, the, and them, if they were all in that situation, wouldn't be as moral as it appears for them to be. But, but when they go into Vegas, they are unaware of that until that moment. Other than the chick, the coyote in the exploited shirt, uh, like the rest of them are, as far as we know, unaware of zombies with higher cognitive abilities. Right? Well, but they witnessed it I felt first like that hand. was a surprise. It, well, yeah. No, it absolutely was a surprise, but then once you know about it, you just still keep Except shooting all the zombies in the head. Except Nielsen. I mean, right. uh, the Coyote says... The Coyote says they're different from the normal zombies. A. And B. Like, at that point, you're kind of committed. And C, like... I I think Sounds you like you're just defending into... zombie genocide, Paco. Yeah, I How kind of am. <laughs> like How could you I mean I'm I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, but, but I, I like, I'm sorry, I don't, very, I don't mean to press you, but I think this is a really very interesting topic. Aggressive, hostile like uh like are you suggesting that if the walls were gone they wouldn't have invaded the rest of humanity and tried to overtake us like i think that's I an guess, interesting i think that's an open you know question what, i think that's an open question sorry jay 
You think well, just like, it's an open question that zombies would bite people? <laughs> no, I think it's if an open they were question. just allowed, if they were allowed to go in the house in the first Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. maybe that was someone's house. They were coming over, or maybe people were just trying to go to the work at the mall. See, Dawn of the Dead, you know, that's one I of the things. And just, and I, I think is my, really interesting about this movie is because by adding these elements much like with his superhero movies, he's kind of deconstructing the genre and making us all think more about it. Like, And, and yes, and, 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 and that's scary. my... It's not going for scares versus just action, yeah. like... There's a lot of pathos House in this of the film. Dead or whatever. Yeah. Well, and that's my point in asking these questions, is that I think it's really difficult to parse uh, exactly, like, what's going on here. I mean, there's lots of threads, but it's difficult to see how they all connect. You know what I mean? Well, it also takes way too long. <laughs> so you know, long. Like, oh my god. So, so long. It, it, so, and, did you guys see, I remember reading when it came out that uh, this was his kind of riff on Aliens. Uh, and Yes. It's yeah, fucking, I remember that. It's pretty obvious, it's, like, watching the movie. It's pre- Vasquez, there's like a Vasquez character. There's, there's a Paul Reiser. Yeah. Yeah. There's God. the helicopter scene, like the end of Aliens is literally. Well, and honestly, oh, though, left. I, Bishop left. Well, and mm-hmm. what I will say though is like, as we've talked about before, Snyder is at his best when he's adapting something. And so, as far as an original work is concerned, I would actually rather he was adapting something like Aliens than making something a totally original like Sucker Punch, which was garbage. Uh, see, I think it's interesting when he kind of blends the two, like. Yeah. In this movie, I couldn't tell you the character's name, but the Vasquez analog getting fucked over by the Paul Reiser analog uh, with yeah. the glow sticks is, I would argue, maybe other than the credits, the highlight of the movie. Like, that it is. Dope. It's a great and scene. And it was like The Last of Us, too. It's, it's a like very the good zombies scene. were in this hibernating stage. Like, there are multiple stages to these zombies that I found really fascinating, too. Like, even like the makeup effects and the practical effects were really impressive. That um, I will Netflix say. has like a. No, go huh? ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, I was agreeing with you. Go ahead. Uh, like Netflix has that good uh, behind the scenes documentary uh, on uh, Army of the Dead and stuff, and it's really kind of fascinating. Like a lot of the stunts were like, we talk about this all the time, but regardless of like green screen, like people are doing stunts, and there's a lot of like coordination and like effort mm-hmm. that goes into some of these like huge scenes in, and so like in the particular zombie... the, the scene where he's getting eaten by the tiger like he was getting yeah, picked up and it, thrashed around that scene they, rocked yeah like i thought that that scene was less complicated in uh my first watch of it but after watching that and then re-watching the scene it's super impressive how they blended practical effects yes. with cgi and like a harness system that scene it, that it was scene was impressive. really good like i've i've never seen like a, a cgi monster attack that i thought actually looked realistic and and that was a fantastic way to do it i thought like seeing him get like bodily like thrown against the ground by a huge fucking tiger like it really comes across like this the practical effects even though they're mixed look really good well they they also like did a 3d map of las vegas by using still photography and drones and like that's how they got some of those really cool helicopter shots of going through las vegas uh to establish like that whole area and it's just interesting like all of the effort mm-hmm. that went into like, building this world but it, it's also it just i think Zack snyder as a cinematographer was super 
distracting to me because I had such a hard time. Maybe it's like a bandwidth thing of just like streaming movies. Maybe this looks better on like in a 4K Blu-ray or something. But like a lot of the image just felt washed out to me. The lighting didn't feel right. And like he was using uh, like a red camera or or like a really super fancy red uh, digital camera. And he was using like old school lenses on it. And so he's trying to get this soft lighting that would be, like, interesting or have, like, a different look to it. But it ends up being so distracting because the lens will focus... Him as camera operator, too. Like, Are a you lot of sure? the footage was shot by him. Yeah, like, he's, Shit. like, holding the footage with another camera guy. And he's, he's uh, in the footage, he said, uh, said easy-peasy Japanesey. Being a director of photography, um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's lemon squeezy now. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right, that's right. Um, but he he said the movie's way more in focus than I thought it would be, and that's yeah, a quote. I just I'm kind of astounded. Like I knew he was DP, but most DPs have a separate camera operator. So being DP and camera operator and director is a lot and and he wrote the screenplay I mean yes he's like a co-writer but like on set that's just an insane amount my point is is that no my point is is that he did like everything he could possibly do and also still direct the movie which I mean a lot of filmmakers do like Soderbergh famously does that and like Sales I think has done that on a couple of movies but uh, it's out of necessity because they can't afford it in the budget basically most of the time right so what does that say about Snyder then but I, this is like ego yeah, ego yeah. level stuff well it's like, I remember it, it, like, reading about this movie several years ago uh, back when I was in or just out of film school uh, basically when he was getting fired off Justice League uh, Army of the Dead was considered his chance to make good and salvage his reputation in Hollywood. And so like the trades like variety and the Hollywood reporter were all like, yeah, he's basically got this last shot or he's done. And so at that point, Snyder's done everything by going all in on himself. Right. So it makes sense. He's just going to double down on that. And I have to say for someone who's not, a DP by training, I find the like very uh, intense depth of field distracting at times in this movie. But there are times it works, and it reminds me of a student film I directed, uh, which basically makes me like it more and also uh, <laughs> be like, for. Well, for- well, for what, what, but what, I think one thing, real quick, before we move on, just for the sake of myself and the audience, what's a DP? A director of photography. There we go. It's like the, uh, they're the kind of person who like corrals a bunch of the different elements that they're gonna shoot, like the logistics of actually shooting, and and whatever the director dictates their vision to be helps make that a reality. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Or at least that's. I don't know if that's. Yeah, true. <laughs> that's true. No, no, that, that's fine. Again, that's I, just, I, I just didn't it. know exactly what it was, and I feel like it'd be helpful to tell the audience too. That's all. And like, no, I feel that, like a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people assume that director of photography just means like 
take the camera and like stick it at something but it's it's everything from you know working with your gaffer for how to light the scene to um i mean obviously like your assistant camera people will work on like the camera moving and the marks but you tell them where it's moving and you and the director choose the lens and a lot of the things he did felt like he chose like a really high lens to get like a very intense depth of field without thinking about how challenging that is to focus. Again, I know this from my student film. Uh, <laughs> but it, but but I think that's that's where I had a problem with it. Like it would be one thing if it was like a smaller movie, a smaller scale, like more introspective, or, or something where it was part of a vi- like a different smaller heist movie. I could see that being interesting. But but like when you're trying to build up a scale and like how big these sets are and things like that, there's so many like super dark, uh, extremely tight close-ups that are so intrusive that I'm like I. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what room they're in. I don't, like, you're not using establishing shots so that I know the area the character's in. Like, it's so tight and close that even the action feels, like, cramped. Like, everyone just feels cramped. And the... the it, it's, I kind it, it's, of like it for that. Yeah. Like, I, it, it feels claustrophobic and it heightens attention. I, I appreciate it. It feels that. really invasive. That's so interesting. Yeah, like... Yeah. It feels but not really amateurish. At times, like, but it also, it feels more kind of indie in a way that nothing else in this movie does. And I don't know. I think it's, we'll get to this more next week. I think it's a dumb choice that kind of works for me, (laughs) which is the Zack Snyder story for me. Like oh these are yeah. these are thumbs up yeah no and I mean Larry Fong makes a cameo his DP from his previous films and the little like billboard oh sign. I saw that, that. yeah I, I was like yeah, who's, I was who's like, Larry Fong that's not a, that's not a Vegas guy yeah <laughs> I don't know I thought that was kind of cute mm-hmm. no that is cute well and I I do again like kind of what we talked about like I like some of the kind of cute moments in this like. Dave Bautista hamming it up about like making a food cart, like it's charming. Like a, to- a tofu yeah. food cart. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the sort is it of... in his writer to to have like a, an eyeglasses neck strap thing? Like, I, I feel know, like that's man. in like every movie that he's in. He, he's always wearing that. But maybe I'm just. I mean, I think he's just getting older. Much, and he's yeah. reading glasses. Because <laughs> because he needed them to read with is what it looked like. He wasn't wearing them all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like he wore them the whole movie. No, no, he's no remember, there was he a scene where didn't. he was uh, it's the main where they were fueling up the generator, and he puts them on to read the directions for the generator. But I mean, it also it also looks cool. I mean, if you're an operator with with like yellow lenses, you look like a badass. Like I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I, I, I there's there's a strange like kind of uh, humanity here. I mean, despite my earlier comments about you know their lack there of it, uh, there yeah. there is a core to this. And it isn't just the zombies. I mean, there there is uh, like the relationship between uh, the the German kid. Shit, what's his name? I should. No, uh, Dieter. Dieter and uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Matthias Schweighofer. I don't know how to say that. And Omari Hardwick at, at Vanderhoe. They're a little like uh, bromance that kind of blossoms as they yeah. get to know each other. Like it's it's charming, and I like it. And I think that. Uh, 
you can't just make these epic action movies that are all all about gods. Like even in the Snyder Cut, there are little moments of levity or kind of these uh, charming slice of life moments, and the the idea that you could interject those moments into a movie about a zombie apocalypse, like I think is it's fun, and I think. Uh, as far as deconstruction goes, like that levity or or those moments of like uh, like kind of peace, I think are necessary to to uh, balance out the intensity of the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah, that's well said. Because boy, like there's there's some parts of this movie that are real gory <laughs> and kind of hardcore. Like the scene where he digs the baby out, that scene was kind of intense. Oh yeah, and and like <laughs> you knew exactly what was going to happen. I mean, there was only one thing yeah. he was going to do when he set her down on the edge of that pool, but still seeing it happen and then seeing the little, the little fetus go from blue to red. Like it was, yeah, that scene's like, that was kind of raw. <laughs> They're in, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, how raw things can be, the, like, parachutist landing into Okay, but that was dumb. Like, who, who's who's doing a paradrop into a group of zombies? That's the dumbest thing shit. I've ever seen. I love that shit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was intentional. Like, look at fucking well, no, World clearly, War II. Clearly what we're seeing here is that the U.S. military is completely feckless in every way. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I would, one of the reasons I would argue that this movie has more complicated politics than you seem to think it has. But but, but that's why I think the lab leak thing is valid, because then it seems like uh, if you, if the military is that incompetent, then it's like, it's like, um, it's like the stand, you know, the yeah. virus gets out of a lab. See, but and I, I think that's more likely than he borrowed some fucking QAnon theories four months before the movie was supposed to come out and reshot some scenes. Like, I think it was more he was cribbing from Stephen King. I mean, I'm still I'm still leaving it open to both, but I think it's more likely that he's cribbing with Stephen King. Like, I'll give you that much. I just... I've seen way too much of Snyder's stuff now to complete... Like, I don't... Like, he always tries to say, I'm not the right-wing chud you think I am, and I'm just... I don't believe him. See, I guess I've seen enough right-wing film that I do. I don't no, no, think I don't he... think I don't think Snyder is a right-wing director. I think he has right-wing views. I think I think those like But I think those things can be more or less the same, but what he's doing that a lot of right like directors with right-wing views don't do is like adding nuance to it. And it's not necessarily thought out nuance but i would argue he provides more nuance to a movie like this than say if clint eastwood made a zombie movie would yeah, um, i mean he he does nuance with music you know whether it's ccr god yeah. which okay jason uh, you're, also you're bringing up sean spicer dude yeah oh man and by the way speaking of oh i'm bummed out it was the the thermometer guy and seeing sean spicer as like a not in like in a, an ironic way was like no exactly. disappointing and so another reason that i also and i would be pissed if it was ironic too like well see but that's the thing i didn't i didn't read spicer's cameo as ironic either which is another reason i think that there are right-wing views in this movie because well, spicer was defending uh the use of nuclear weapons in in uh at vegas as like a basically like a way to end the situation and the other woman was like well human rights human rights i think it was an excerpt from his book or something no uh the i think it was donna brazil uh, he was arguing with, wasn't it? 
I no no I've, I know, but I'm saying it, it seemed to me that the the way the movie was framing that particular argument was that like you were supposed to agree with Spicer. He was credible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like he was exactly. a credible journalist. That it was like well, the no, Anderson I, no, Cooper. I, I took him as I, no, he was. I didn't think he was a credible everything. journalist. I took him as like a, a member of the administration, basically. Because remember, no, they, there's a point no, where they say it wasn't what the, the administration. It was it was like two. It was like a crossfire type. You get well, but do you, so do you right remember the scene where, where they quote the president in Army? And they, they say yeah. like the president was like, yeah, that's kind of cool or whatever. That's clearly a reference to Trump. Yeah, it is. But it's not presenting it's him in a good light. Like, But it's so ele- elementary. And, and fine, we, we don't have to keep flogging the stead horse. Like, we can move on. I just, I, I think there's, I, there's some blood breadcrumbs in this movie. I just don't know how you can read it as being seen as supportive of that like he's he always borrows like media figures and i don't think he's wrong to think that spicer will be a media figure in the next few years like fucking msnbc has one of the uh people who sold the iraq war on as like a liberal media host and fucking the Atlantic has another. Well, the, so, like, I mean, but Paco, the Iraq get, War is still a good thing in this country. Like, only some people think it was bad. I mean, I think polling would dispute that. But what I'm saying is, I don't know about I, that. I'd be curious I, to see that polling. I will send it to you when we're not recording. Uh, but I think that you can present two media figures, both of who I think are pretty repellent as part of the talk show ecosystem and you know he probably agrees with what are both of them in private but i don't see it as the same thing as an endorsement of right-wing views when you know he's also talking about how horrendous camps are like i feel like his politics aren't necessarily right-wing chud politics and they're more just confused average american who doesn't pay that much attention to politics politics does that yeah, make sense we're gonna have to it makes sense and but like his, i said we're gonna have to his inclusion though his inclusion is like it's uh, gross yeah yeah it's it made me feel dirty uh, yeah remember when he said hitler never used chemical weapons on people uh, <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> well, we haven't confirmed that the Holocaust happened. We haven't yeah. confirmed it yet. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Oh, yeah, he that was... dude. The guy is like a bad dude. Like great dancer though. Wait, did, so wait, did he say Hitler didn't his... use chemical weapons in the movie? No, in no, real in life. IRL. Oh, okay, uh, whatever. I wouldn't. Yeah. Spicer can fuck off. I don't give a fuck about that. Like I thought IRL. in the movie. You are yeah. Uh. Anyways, God, we're doomed. Uh. <laughs> It, yeah. And gosh, he didn't even know all the lyrics to the, you know, the door song. You know? <laughs> okay, okay. Like, the songs, and man, the song. I, I know Snyder I, has a penchant for this, but the, the Credence one, like, it was like a gut punch. It was like, I, I could barely <laughs> handle hearing. Oh my god. It, it just, it was like nails on a chalkboard. It was excruciating. I would rather listen to Richard Cheese. And, and that's oh, saying honestly, a lot. Yeah, Richard Cheese, the return of Richard uh, Cheese. That's cool. You see, right? I don't... Except yeah, it wasn't it's... down with the sickness this time. I didn't mind rad, the though. CCR as much because, like, I felt the cover 
fit the mood, even if it is not for me, you know? It's a bad but, just, John Fogarty just wants money. Fucking <sighs> yeah. But, like, in Sucker Punch, those covers felt like a budgetary thing, whereas in this, they felt more like a stylistic thing where... He so you're choosing... saying Snyder just has really awful taste in music? Yeah, well, of he course. Also wasn't Have you necessarily... seen the past? I no, no, no. I know. I know. Ten movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it hasn't necessarily been as like force-fed. Please tell me how to feel music that Sucker Punch was, and I don't. I, there were certainly dumb moments of like musical stuff in all of the movies. Well, we'll get into this when we cover them, but. Uh, the music in this was just dumb. Like a zombies or zombies, a cranberries cover at the end, uh, the zombie song. And, and actually, it I, was I, just like it, it was actually the cranberries. It was just the acoustic version of zombie. But again, why don't you right use on. the I was gonna, the real version of zombie, which is way better than that well, version? Because that one's more thematic. You know, there's yeah. more. Uh, but but I, I, but I think the the part where the heavy guitar kicks yeah. in in zombie would have been perfect for the ending of that film, though. It would have worked just fine. God. And I know Snyder doesn't. He likes all that folk bullshit or whatever it's fine i get it well they they also should have cut out like 30 minutes of the movie at too. least like, I felt like at it was least super long dude like, that's the thing i feel like i would really enjoy this movie if it was 25 minutes shorter and yeah. like maybe there's the snyder cut <laughs> god what about deuce cut the snyder that would cut be dope. yeah uh, recut your movies at snyder <laughs> um because but like that's the thing I don't know exactly, like, you could cut out whole subplots and shorten it down, but I don't know what you cut and make it still coherent. I think you could cut the ending easily. You could stop with uh, Batista dying and that's it. See, but I like the ending. I think the ending has thematic hate like thematic I mean I know how it. you like I know how you like how uh, setting up sequels that never happened so I well this is supposedly the most watched I, I Netflix know. movie of all time so well and he got he just got a TV deal happen. to continue it right no it's a prequel for the safe cracker who died uh, oh ew they're gonna so, do that kind of expansion of the universe I mean whatever I mean it makes sense because we don't see the original zombie outbreak which Again, is another choice I think is kind of smart and going against the grain. Um, I did like that. But I I think the end works more because it's about how so many people can sacrifice so much, but then one person's greed can fuck everything up, you know, which is kind of the point of the movie. And, and I think that's valid, but it was a, it was, and and maybe it's because we didn't have enough time with the characters, but it felt uh, like it was out of time. It didn't need more time. <laughs> no, 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 because there's, there's a no. There's so a the guy who just so like, cut it down. No, no, no. But I'm saying it's a huge cast, so you don't have enough time with individual people to get to know them. All you really know is Batista, and because he's the main character. But I'm saying like the uh, Omari's. Uh, what's oh shit? I don't want to get his name wrong. Let me look. It's uh, Omari Hardwick. Uh, his character to me, it seemed like like he was being set up as like uh, one of the more moral characters to a certain extent, and then when he just like overlooks uh, the entire like thing before and just like gets on that plane, I and I get it, yeah, greed corrupts, but I don't know, it just it felt out of place to me. 
See, I didn't not, read not, it not as out of place over- in a zombie movie. Not out of place in a zombie movie, but out of place in the context of this film. I don't know that it necessarily did because I was reading his sickness as radiation poisoning. And I think the way it's built, it implies that he views it that way too. But then we see the moment he makes the choice to not quarantine when he should, you know? Like, and that's the end of the movie. And it's, I think that's an interesting point, um, especially. It could possibly have anything to do with our current times. But that's the thing. I don't think it does. Because if I know, it did, I know, I know, it would I know. be left wing, Terry. Uh, Terry, it would go against your argument. Mysterious ways. No, um, because our, my argument is that Snyder has very confused politics that include right wing views. I mean, everybody has right wing views, Terry. And I again, bet you I, have I, one. I, I, hang on, hang on. Terry, uh, how do you feel funny. about... <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Where would Terry agree with the right? Uh, tariffs on foreign goods. Tariffs on foreign goods? Yeah. From like China. You want us all to starve, Terry? I don't think we need tariffs on foreign goods. You... So you're a neoliberal who don't thinks we don't need taxes on the uh, corporations that are outsourcing everything to China? I think we should get rid of borders and we should uh, make a communist state where everyone gets what they want. But in the meantime, in the real world... That would encroach on my shit. How do you... No, I, uh, I think that a customs union largely serves the interests <laughs> of neoliberal uh, like state power. Because, a customs because free union... trade uh, has demonstrated real no so so check it out like if you have a customs union the whole point is to uh subsidize or or to make your goods more competitive on the market by charging money for foreign goods coming in so getting rid of that is actually helping out free trade i mean that's what bill clinton said well but bill clinton passed nafta which isn't free trade that's or what we could we can make a distinction between free and fair trade but yeah uh, i'm arguing free trade yeah, I don't think free trade's good. Okay, there we go. Terry's got a right-wing view. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Not liking free trade? I thought, what? How is that right-wing? Because, like you were saying, all the Democrats are neoliberals. Uh, and, and so the are the Republicans. Republicans. Gotta make the cash. The Republicans, Republicans don't and like Democrats China, are neoliberals. Dude. The Republicans don't like China, dude. They want to put, like... Well, but, but talking about a customs union and talking about ideological objection to China are two separate things. Okay, fine. I'm not going to get bogged down. I'm just saying, if you want to try to pin me down, hey, and I'm sure I do. I'm saying, if you're trying to, if you're trying to get a guy, hey Terry, what do you think about guns? I think we should have no guns. Okay, that's. uh, All right, I'll get you sometime when we're not recording. Pacifist. I know it'll be funnier when you get me when I'm not prepared for it, and then I'm gonna freak out, and it's gonna be really funny. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I personally, I think we should have guns. Uh, I think guns are good. Um, but I just I get tired of carrying them around all day. Yeah, <laughs> like I just my argument would be like if only the right wing people have guns, if they get mad at us, that seems bad. 
so the yeah. left-wing people should have guns too. Uh, it should be like basic life CPR gun training. Yeah, Narcan. I think, I think, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, like everyone C- should be trained on all of these I, things. I think like, when you're if it's when an you're, emergency and you have to know a stick shift. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think when you're born, they should give you a social security card and a tiny little gun, and they put it in your little your little uh, <laughs> in your holster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got my it's first gun when I was eight. Uh, so, not that far off from that. Yeah, I, nur- honestly, nursery I, gun. I came man. out with these guns. Honestly, yeah. my mom grew up. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is this our most chaotic episode of the Snyder series? It might be. I mean, oh, well, 300. I 300. It's just this yeah. is such a strange one to. Well, let's do Saving Face. Okay, wait. Ba, 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 before ba, ba, that, ba, 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 ba. Okay, fine. I won't stop. Okay, hang on. Terry wanted to say something. My only Save so I want to I want to talk about just real quick. How about that scene where Batista's girlfriend gets owned? <laughs> yeah, dude, that scene rules. <laughs> okay, shit. because like you're just like going along, and it's like, oh, maybe he's gonna have like something good, and then the elevator opens and just neck break like that. Like, yeah, Snyder has a sensibility about horror now, and like that was the moment where I was like, boom, he gets it. That's what you needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. It was it just also like it was brilliant. Felt so perfect for 2021. Like <laughs> yeah, it's true. Feeling like things are gonna get better, and then bam! No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh man. Okay, I'm sorry. We can go into saving face. I just that that moment was so perfect, and it was, it works so yeah. well in the film. <laughs> it, no, you make a good point though, because the. I feel like the atmosphere of this movie feels less heavy than Justice League. Yeah, like there's which just is a insane. Chemistry. They're talking about dropping vibe. nukes on a zombie-infested city, and somehow it's less yeah. heavy than I Justice mean, League. Well, Terry, <laughs> honestly, the, in their the defense, the city is Las Vegas, which I would nuke tomorrow if I could. I mean, that's fair in a video game, Paco. That's what you're saying. Um, we know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a Minecraft. <laughs> Oh, but I mean the atmosphere though. I I do think that they're like there's a really great horror atmosphere going on here. Like especially like when they first get to the area and stuff. And then again, like these little moments uh, where you know Dieter saves uh, saves him by throwing him into the the vault. Like it, there are these yeah. like stand up moments. That was a great like yeah yeah. Well, and and it's it's a it's a nice subversion of the story because normally the like martial character would have saved the person who actually is like not a fighter but that subversion is actually kind of fun here where like their their like kind of bond uh overrides that normal kind of thing where he actually ends up getting his ass saved by the safe cracker which i think is nice well like the camaraderie there yeah. with the ensemble cast like worked in a way that was better than justice league definitely like, i knew everyone's job i knew everyone's kind of uh not weakness but capabilities Let's shove them into this crazy situation and see how it turns out. Like, it's just kind of fun. And there was multiple storylines that were carried well enough that, like, I was super, like, into this movie more than I thought I was going to be, yeah. like, by a long shot. All right, we can go into saving uh, face now. I'm sorry. Saving face! That face. <laughs> we needed a metal one this time. Uh, hey, I like it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I feel like there's a clear saving face for this episode. 
And oh, buddy. I have a suspicion we're all going to be this the same, but I'm curious. You really I'm... think we're all going to be the same? I think it'd be funny if we were. So well, who's yours, Paco? I am... I believe choosing the man who shot Jesse James. Oh, okay. That's fair. Uh, the coward... Um... Uh, in, Garrett uh, yeah, Garrett Dillahunt, mm. I believe, is Jesse yeah. James' killer in Deadwood, right? Deadwood. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit, yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. He's uh, also in the Assassin. Wait, not Jesse James. Fucking Buffalo Bill. Whatever. Yeah. Buffalo Bill, yeah. 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 They've all got shitty, Wild stupid, wild west names. He's also in the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. But he doesn't kill... Jesse James. Uh, anyways, I think he's just a good scumbag, and I always like Dillahunt. Uh, it doesn't get enough work, <laughs> and he's got a fun name. And he was great in yeah. Widows, man. Fucking sold the show in that. I feel like he knew the role and just plays the scumbag so well, like. He's up there with kind of the Paul Reiser uh, role in Aliens of just being a shitty company man. So, I gotta go Garrett. Who's going next? Go for it, Terry. Uh, well, my... No, and I, I appreciate a good scumbag, although I was mostly just irritated at Garrett Dillahunt because I never trusted him, so it wasn't like a surprise when it was like, oh, he's actually a scumbag? No, he had me. Yeah, that's the thing. Amount of, I mean, you always <laughs> trust the company, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> he's, he's just such a great scumbag that, like, you know it's coming, but you're more curious how he does it. Plus, that's fair. He got, I, I was he, quite curious when he was going to fuck everyone over. And I was curious how he was going to die, and I enjoyed his death. Oh, I knew how he was going to die. When, when when, he was like, that's not natural, I was like, bro's going to run into old Valentine out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, no, but my, my uh, saving face is uh, Richard Citrone, the Zeus, the zombie king. Because Ooh, I interesting think choice. In a, in a film where... You have, like, all of these human characters who, like, you know, can actually use words and stuff. I think that uh, Citrone's character, like, he has no speaking lines in the entire film. And yet, I think you don't you don't wonder at what he's, what he's thinking or feeling because he's so emotive. And I think that's a, that's a sign of, like, a good, like, uh, uh, like monster actor or, or someone who's doing, like, costume work. If they can communicate, like such intense uh like range of emotions and not use any words at all it's like that's a solid performance every time and i think again like the most memorable and arguably one of the more human characters in the movie is the zombie king and i and so like i just it was an unexpected delight uh to watch him in this movie especially with the makeup uh however uh i don't know if you looked in his imdb before calling him uh, did you see one of his significant credits? Uh, I looked a little bit. I saw he was in the time machine. What else was he in? He is Ben Affleck's regular stunt double. Uh, no shit. Whoa. Which I imagine is how he Whoa. met Zack Snyder. Uh, Interesting. But Interesting. he was also Ben Affleck's stunt double in The Accountant. Um, 
It's not just where he's running around. Like, it's not even, like, what stunts are? I didn't see it. <laughs> do you think Ben Affleck can do math, Jason? No. <laughs> Dude, that movie, that, honestly, that might be a Patreon app. Uh, that movie fucking kind of owns. It's basically, have you guys seen Chocolate? No. Where it's about yeah, the, how autism makes you a good fighter. Yeah, uh, that's why I haven't watched it, because it was kind of problematic. The Accountant is that for Western audiences, where autism makes you a good killer. Uh, and it's wow, that, that sounds right. as bad as you would expect a movie with that like premise to be in 2016 is... And as yeah, good as you would expect that movie oh, to be made no. in 2016 is, uh, dude, it kind of rules. Uh, he has, dude, there's a twist ending in that movie that is fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> we we might have to do it as a Patreon episode. Uh, it's worth it. Anyways, I uh, I dig that vibe. And it looks like he actually started being Affleck's double on BVS. So it's possible oh. Oh, interesting. it wasn't intentional. He's the silver fox. Well, uh, and, and he's not quite as, like, ripped in this one. But, like, again, he's pretty ripped. And, and like, man, the the zombie king Zeus, who, like, lords over uh, the Olympus Hotel, like, I'm, that's it's cool. Like, yeah. Snyder can't pass up the god thing, yeah. and it rocks. Dude, when he Dude. impales the coyote with the rebar spear... That yeah. fucking rocks. That okay, scene hang was on. Great. Hang on. His newest credit is Michael Shannon's stunt double in a movie called Bullet Train, which I feel like we might have talked about before. Uh, it's directed by one of the John Wick directors. The logline is five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. Stars are Brad Pitt, Joey King, and Sandra Bullock, and. Fuck, I want to watch Bullet Train right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds wild. All the more reason for me to appreciate his performance in the movie. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Jay, how about you? What's your second place? Mine would be Tignataro. Uh, I think it's like above anything else, Zack Snyder was really cool about replacing Chris D'Elia, who is like a comedian with allegations of like misconduct against him to like quickly uh coordinate you know reshoots and editing the footage um and that he said that he's quoted as saying that was the easy part it was really the hard part of like securing the funds to do so and stuff and i was like that's kind of dope and the choice of Tignataro is great her delivery is so dry she's clearly not with any of the cast like mm-hmm. it's all green screen and her delivery of those lines is just really funny to me i think she's like miscast appropriately in the coolest way and i kind of respect that a bunch i really liked that as like backup casting because it's such a weird choice and she is yeah is i pronounce right there she I'm I believe so. Sure. Okay. I believe so. Uh, she is so great as like the jaded like person who doesn't give a fuck. Uh, yeah. they're, they're like, "Hey, do you want two million dollars?" And she's like, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It. God. It rules. Uh, I would have chosen her or 
Batista, but I assumed you guys would have chosen one of those two, so I went more niche. Um, but goddamn. Like, I feel like Snyder regularly doesn't give his actors enough to do, but in this movie, a lot of the actors chewed on the scenery in a way that fucking ruled, and I dug it. Well, and I, I, I did too, and I think that, like, even though Snyder doesn't always, like, he's not always, like, an actor's director, per se, I think that he's very good at casting. And so, like, you're right, like, the backup choice for Tignataro, like, it's an unexpected delight, and again, uh, Batista in a starring role, like, I, I was very impressed, like, seeing, like, this, like, it, it's rare to see, like, a measured kind of emotional performance from, like, one of the muscle dudes, and, but, like, it's becoming more common, and I, I appreciate it, like, we, we need more sensitive muscle guys, and I, I like it, like, I, I really do enjoy it. It reminds me of, like, like, First Blood, like, uh, Stallone's performance in First Blood is like pretty legitimately good, dude. Uh, you should she, she really does go check by out she, her pronouns too. Okay, perfect. You should go uh, check out the Guardians of the Galaxies movie because he's really good in those. As yeah, I guess a, I probably should. If, if I was going to start mean, actually watching Marvel movies, would that be a good place to start, or should I start from the beginning? Those are. Do you want to start like a storyline on world wrestling? <laughs> Those are. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, no. Do you uh, want to like do that as the next counter programmers? Are we talking about this? Are we agreeing to do this? We right are now? not. Why? What's with we the are not. Batista was guys. an MMA guy. Is he a wrestler? Uh, well, he's a wrestler, I think. Oh, I thought he was an MMA I guy. So okay. I thought he was like a pro wrestler, but like. Yeah, I think he was WWE. I don't think he was MMA. That's fair. I just I don't know what he did before, except obviously he was something because he's so big. You know what I mean? It had to have been something like that. See, the thing is, MMA guys uh, have too much brain damage to become actors or gals. Which is uh, reasonable. Like, Gina Carano and Ronda Rousey are great examples of uh, how it doesn't <laughs> translate. Um, oh, I didn't know Gina Carano was a... Okay, that yeah. makes so much more sense now. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> okay. Uh, it sure does, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just. Boy, the wheels just all click together at once there. <laughs> Anyways, the Guardians of the Galaxies movies are the only, like, Marvel space movies, basically. So you can watch those on their own. Uh, That's fair. I haven't seen either of them since theaters. I imagine they aged okay. I thought the second one was less good. Uh, Isn't Kurt Russell having... in them too? Kurt Russell's in the second one as... Okay. Uh, He's like, what's uh, his face's dad or some shit? Yeah, Chris what, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's dad. Uh, I think it's a less interesting movie, but... The first one's, like, a fun, like, misfits getting the band together type deal. Uh, which James Gunn basically just did again for Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like, he really ripped off his formula for Suicide Squad. It's the same shit. Like, Stallone's basically Groot, uh, but a shark. And it still works pretty well. I mean, just remember, uh, it wouldn't have been a flop if it, you know, if things had been normal. I mean, this is clearly... This is a movie that everyone loves, and there's no way it would have ever flopped. Yeah, it's tied to uh, two movies 
that did great in the pre-COVID times, uh, the original Suicide Squad of Birds of Prey. Uh, I know, right? And <laughs> I, it's I just all, love, I love people going to bat so hard for that movie. It, it kills me. Dude, so it's... I don't understand being a studio and being like, we're going to pay $185 million for a hard R superhero movie that's a sequel to a movie that people hated. Like, Deadpool was one thing, but they paid, like, nowhere near that for the first one. It was maybe, like, $60 million, closer to Joker. And then on the sequel, they went more all-in because it the first Deadpool movie made a shitload of money. But it just, I don't understand Warner Brothers. Uh, I don't understand producers there at all. I mean, I'm not entirely and sure that, like, the right hand at Warner Brothers knows what the left hand is doing. You know what I'm saying? If Jason Kyler happens to be listening to this, hey, dude, uh, I've got a better track record than the guys you've got now. Uh I know you're on your way out, but, you know, hook a brother up before you go. <laughs> God damn it. This tribute goes out to Jason Kyler over there in the... Yeah. Hey, man, he's still got four months. He could promote me to, like, executive VP of film development. You never know. Maybe He's just being selfish. Maybe you can work with Idris Elba on the next uh, Sonic movie or something. Dude, I don't think that's Warner Brothers, but goddamn. Oh, I know. That would... I just wanted an excuse hang to on, bring hang up. Hang on, Jason Kylar, if you happen to be listening, that would be a great way to fuck over your bosses. Like, bring in a nobody who has no experience in green lighting movies and just do it. Give me three movies before you're out the door. And if I prove myself, I will bring you back. I will make it happen. I'm just throwing it out there. Just putting it into the universe. That promise is just from Paco. I cannot keep that promise. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, anyways, you can find us on social media at Atuers Vulgar. Uh, on Facebook, we don't have one because fuck that. Uh and on Instagram is password. something I don't remember. Um, <laughs> you can also email Dead us. Silence forever. <laughs> somewhere. Underscore six uh, nine. If you have any issues, hit up Evan Throckmorton, uh, our producer. <laughs> Wait, do you know the zip code? I get the zip code. Well, well, uh, well maybe next episode we'll get we'll give you all the deets. Yeah, Evan's I mean, you can also his own last name out of this now, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you can hit me up on the... Twitter at Paco McCullough. Uh, Evan is at... the, uh... Evan's got a canned one for when we fuck this up. <laughs> I just I'm waiting for it to just it's be like in the episode. It'll just be beep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we used to give our first and last names, so oh, it's out there okay, on hey. the earlier episodes. Well, that's that's is, what you guys want to do. Born. I'm certainly not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Well, Terry, check the website. You <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Anyway, like, anyways, like, I feel like at this point, uh, Evan has already cut in our better canned closing. But uh, did we say okay. whether we liked it or not? <laughs> Question mark. All right. Uh, good luck, Evan. <laughs>
<laughs> not in terms of people commenting to you. Uh, more, more in terms of having to edit this end. This is maybe the biggest crash and burn ending we've ever had. <laughs> Easy peasy, lemon squeezy.